Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented, of course, always by DraftKings. Love those dudes. Love Steve Palazzolo from Pro Football Focus. The perfect guest on a Monday during the preseason. Why? Last time we spoke was Thursday morning. I think like every NFL team played a preseason game since then. I'll give you some of my thoughts, but let's find out what the pro football focus grades are for some of these young quarterbacks, some of these other rookies. Let's. I feel like we're opening up our present. This is what I see. I love preseason football. I love. I know it doesn't count. I know it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it does mean something for all the guys that are out there playing, especially the rookies. It's their first time NFL uniform, first time showing what they can do at this level. It means a lot. So a lot to get to with Steve at PFF underscore Steve. He's the man. Known him for a long time now. Pro Football Focus is amazing, by the way. They already have the grades up for every guy, every game. Incredible. We'll get to that momentarily. I also love all of you guys that do whatever it takes to give us just a little bit of something. Maybe you just rate and review the show. In fact, let's do that this week. Rate and review the show, five-star review. And this show or any of them, even Money, Fantasy Feast, College Draft, just do a screenshot on your phone after you rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or I don't care, whatever, and then send it to me, ross at rostucker.com. You'll have a great chance to be the spread the word winner this week because that's a great way to spread the word you know about our sponsors raycon earbuds athletic greens simply safe big fan of all of them and then the youtube shout out youtube.com slash ross tucker nfl you go ahead you subscribe you comment you get a shout out from your boy for whatever you want i'll say whatever you want me to say i don't care i'm like a i'm like a whatever I, i'm i'll say whatever you want me to say shout out to the day by the way we, we're getting some new patrons patreon.com slash RT media. I want some new tuckheads. We're getting some new tuckheads. Bill Palmer, come on down. Steve Palazzolo, big show. Come on down. The big show. All right. So I think most of you guys, so I know we always get new listeners. All right. So here is my brief background on Steve that I can recall. 
and he will tell me where I'm right or wrong. Steve is like 6'10", maybe 6'11", okay? Steve played minor league baseball. I want to say the highest he got was AAA Pawtucket. That's like somewhere in my head. Might be totally incorrect, and I might be embarrassed in like 22 seconds, but I'm going for it, whatever. And he's been with Pro Football Focus. It's got to be at least 10 years. He is unbelievable. He's one of their foundational guys. He's one of their guys that's on a bunch of their shows and does a lot of media. And I love that a 6'11 baseball player loves football and breaking down football. And if you're not familiar with Pro Football Focus, uh, where have you been? They grade every player in every game. And it's unbelievable how fast they have them up. And it's very, very valuable. You should follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Steve. Steve, welcome back to the show. Probably been a year or two. I don't know. What what did I get right? What did I get wrong? Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it, man. So, yes, AAA. Um, it wasn't Pawtucket, though. I was on the other coast. Fresno with the Giants. Tacoma with the Mariners. I am from New England, though. And, oh, okay. Um, That's where I got yeah. that. Okay. And, and I like that you round up my height. I, I list at 6'10", and you're over there, you know, just adding a couple inches here and there. 6'11", 7 foot, whatever. That's fine. But uh, you got most of it, yeah. And I've been with PFF over ten years, so you, you nailed the bio, I think. Oh, that is awesome. What? Before I forget, what's new? Like, is there anything new at PFF? Is there anything like that? Maybe I, I I'm not aware of, or the listeners aren't aware of that that that's kind of come out new this year. Yeah, the biggest thing is we've got an app in development, and we're we're still going through. We're, we're looking for fans to help help test it out, but they've been asking for a PFF app for the longest time. And that's what our, that's what our people are working on is, is, you know, having it right on your mobile phone and, and make PFF much more accessible. So that's going to be the big thing we're pushing here in the next, uh, the next couple of years really is a lot happening. That would be awesome to be able to have an app and just search for a guy and you can see his grades right away or like how he did the game before or how your whole team did the game before. That's awesome. Yeah, that's it. So they're all uh, they're all in development right now and working on just uh, getting PFF in the palm of your hand. Yeah, and I've said this before, Steve. I don't know if you agree or disagree. Their process for evaluating players is not perfect. It's not flawless, but it's as good as there is. And what people don't realize is the process that general managers have or even position coaches have for evaluating or grading players is not perfect or flawless. I played for nine offensive line coaches. They have their own biases towards the guys that do it the way they want them to do it or the guys that they said they should draft or whatever. When I went to the Cowboys in 2002, I graded out the highest in six of the last seven games I started. I played pretty well. I don't know if I, but the, the O-line coach who claimed me off waivers and really liked me, I was like his guy. So I know how it works. Is that, is that a fair assessment, Steve? Oh, it's a it's a real fair assessment. Look, so we grade every every player on every play from a production standpoint, right? So did you make the block? Did you not? Um, and it's, it's yes, it's not perfect, just like any other system. Uh, but when we're grading thousands of plays on a player, I think overall we're getting pretty close to what we're looking for as far as who you know describing what's on the field. And I think where your coach might have a bias, he either loves you. I saw this even in minor league baseball, Ross. I had coaches that loved me 
coaches that didn't love me. And they just, it's, it changes the perception of your performance. But we never say, we can't expect Ross to make that backside cutoff. He's too slow or he's not good enough. We just say that's number 72 making the block or that's number 68 making the block. That's it. You know, so we just kind of come at it as objective as we can. And we don't have those coach biases that you're talking about. By the way, um, I don't know if you got a chance to watch him um, or see his grade yet. I do the Eagles preseason games on TV. Cam Jurgens, their second round pick center. He's a freak, dude. Like he is yeah. really, really athletic and really exceptional. You know, there are guys, Steve, that are good athletes that they're still not great at hitting moving targets. In other words, sure. they probably run a four eight forty and they got a great vert, but that doesn't necessarily translate to hitting a linebacker as you're pulling or whatever. He was crazy impressive. So that that's my contribution to the conversation in terms of a rookie that stood out to me. Honestly, all the Eagle, I mean, everybody always thinks I'm biased because I do their games, but Jordan Davis did some really good things. And the Kobe Dean did some, I mean, the Eagles rookies um, certainly played well. I want to start though in Pittsburgh. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on Kenny Pickett as well as George Pickens, because Greg Cosell joins the show every week. He's been so high on Pickens. He thought he was the best prospect at receiver, better than Drake London. Before the draft, he said that in March. And then he said in June, he thinks he's the best one. And all the practice reports have been amazing. And now he goes out and has a, a nice game. And I, I saw a play where he just destroyed the corner. I thought it was hilarious. Just knocked him on his butt, which I appreciate. So, so what can you tell me about Pickett and Pickens in Pittsburgh? Say that three times fast. <laughs> Pickett and Pickens, here we go. Let's let's start with. I'll just do it one time. Uh, let's start with Pickens, just because you're just talking about him. Yeah, I mean, we liked him a lot coming out of Georgia too. Maybe not as much as uh, Greg, but you know, I, I, it's not crazy to think that George Pickens is going to be the best receiver in this draft class because he has all the skills and all all that was missing was uh, you know injuries and just a little bit more college production for I think the NFL to confirm what they saw on tape. I think he reminds me of Brandon Lloyd with his body control. You know, Brandon Lloyd every single week putting up highlight reel catches. I think Pickens has that in him. I, I think all of the training camp reports were not surprising, the fact that he is dominating a camp and then and then brought it into a, the first preseason game. So I think Pickens is fantastic. He did that same thing to a corner in college too. I think he's kind of uh, – think about what a corner is trying to do. He's like, all right, I'm on an island with this receiver. Here we go. And then it's a run play, and Pickens is like, boom, I'm just going to pop you. And, and, you know, Steelers fans must absolutely love that. So Pickens, I think, not surprised. He is as advertised, can be absolutely fantastic. Um, and then Kenny Pickett, I'll tell you what I was most impressed with was him just getting rid of the ball on time. You know, Pickett was a guy who went from this, you know, average college starter to a breakout season last year, multiple-year starter. I, I thought he was great last year at Pittsburgh, but you look at just his – uh, you know, working within rhythm and, and on time, he took forever uh, to get rid of the ball at times at Pittsburgh, as successful as he was last year in college. And then in preseason game one, they had a few easy plays for him to get, you know, get, you know, get the, get the boot action, get the screen stuff, but pick it through the ball on time and accurately for the most part, he took a sack on fourth and one, but that was another rookie boy. Mafe just really tracking him down with his athleticism. But I thought Pickett was impressive. And, and my first question was hit with him is, 
Will he get rid of the ball quickly enough? They don't have a great offensive line in Pittsburgh to hold the ball three seconds. So he did that in, in, in game one, 2.3 seconds per drop back, essentially outside of the one scramble. So uh, Pickett and Pickens, really good debuts, I think, for the Steelers. You know, it's funny when people say to me, ask me questions about quarterbacks, even like Jalen Hurts, like, what do you want to see? What's the most important? How fast they get the ball out of their hands. Like how yeah. fast, like that. that's the number one thing is because that means they know what's going on and they're seeing things and absolutely. All right, let's get to some of these other quarterbacks, some of the rookies as well as some of the the young guys. Um, let's get to some of the young starters actually before I, because I want to make sure I get to them. Trey Lance, Steve, what did you guys see from Trey last year and what did you see in this first game? Trey Lance is going to be fascinating, man. I mean, th- this 49ers offense has been so efficient with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. And Jimmy Garoppolo is not has not brought special plays to the table. He's just kind of run the offense, hits his open receivers. Kyle Shanahan draws up open receivers, and, and Jimmy Garoppolo generally executed it. Now you've got Trey Lance. You saw the big playability, the big throw to Danny Gray down the field, the other rookie. And Lance last year, I think, even in just his limited time, a little bit of preseason action, a little bit of regular season action, you saw his ability to just flip the field with his arm. And then you see the athleticism. And think about Kyle Shanahan. All all the Shanahans have done over the last 20 or 30 years is think about how do we put the defense in a bind? How do we make linebackers' lives miserable in the run game and then play action off of that? And Trey Lance opens all of that up with his running ability if Kyle Shanahan and the Niners really want to tap into it. So, Limited sample the other night, but that's an explosive offense in San Francisco. Limited sample last year as well. What Trey Lance needs to do is just stop throwing the ball to cornerbacks, right? Stop throwing the ball. Not that Jimmy G didn't do that. He had his bouts with that as well. Trey Lance just got to cut down on some of those bad decisions, but the potential for that Niners offense was on display the other night. They could create big plays in a hurry. Trey Lance with his arm getting the the ball down the field, and then when and if they decide to really tap into him as a runner. You know, I know for all these guys, by the way, it's a really small sample size. I mean, we're talking about one preseason game where they probably played like a quarter or two. Um, But I don't care. It's football and it's back and it's on our TVs. And I want to hear how these guys did. So what about Jordan Love, Steve? Because it sounded like um, mixed reviews from what I heard. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, it was... There was some. Th- he had a beautiful throw. Romeo Dobbs, the other. I mean, there's rookie receivers all over the place, man, just stepping up. Romeo Dobbs was fantastic for the Packers. You know, throws the the slot fade, hits him in stride, missed him on another one. So a little hit or miss with Jordan Love. I think it was better than what we saw last year, though, right? So you're talking about improvement, and I, I think we've seen a little bit of that from Jordan Love. It's not. It, it's a different NFL, man, from when you were playing. There, it, we haven't seen a whole lot of quarterbacks just sit for three years and develop and get better. And and there's probably a world where if they have enough practice reps, they can do that. So um, I think we're seeing incremental improvement from Jordan Love. Is he ready to take over yet? Probably not. But we we just the NFL isn't conducive to letting a guy sit for three years and continue to develop. So I thought there was definitely some good, some bad the other night from love, but better than what we saw last year in the preseason and in that regular season game against the chiefs last season. Okay. Some of the other rookie quarterbacks um, that I definitely want to get to Matt Corral in, uh, in Carolina. Yeah, he wasn't, um, he led a comeback with, uh, 
with a roughing the passer, essentially. That you know, so he led the comeback. Did I just read drive. something where he led them to a comeback win, like, but he didn't complete a pass or something? Went one for nine. I think he completed his first pass. Went one for nine, and he got the game-winning drive. Man, that you know, winners win, Matt Ross. You know, that's what happens. <laughs> it was it was rough for Matt. I think he was, uh, you know, him and some of the other rookie quarterbacks. They were a tick slow, like the opposite of what I said with with Pickett. They're just a tick slow going through their progressions if that first read's not there they're looking to take off I think Corral had had elements of that accuracy was a little all over the place tiny tiny sample for Corral compared to some other quarterbacks though um what about Ritter in Atlanta because I I think I saw somewhere where they said he had a bunch of drops and people kind of thought he did play well yeah it it depends on how you look at it right so the stat one of my favorite things at PFF is we try to describe why the stats look the way they do I think the stats ended up good for Ritter uh on the bad side, he had a negated interception, which was just terrible. He, you know, he threw it, you know, really late and out and inside on a deep outcut. It got picked off. It got negated by a roughing the passer, which really didn't affect the throw. It was another bad decision in there. But other than that, I think it was far more positive than negative for Ritter. Good touch. Uh, they put him out out on, out on the run a lot. Scrambled for a couple first downs. So I thought Ritter looked good. But again, the stats were weird because some of his best passes were dropped and some of his worst passes were negated. So it just kind of gets lost in the wash. But I, again, encouraging, I think for, for Ritter, he had a lot of opportunities and and he did some really nice stuff, especially throwing with touch down the field. Okay. Forget uh, last quarterback, um, Sam Howell, Washington. Yeah. It's kind of similar to Matt Corral. I thought Howell was just just a little slow patting the ball a little bit too much he threw the ball into coverage a couple times and then you see Sam Howell what a weird college career he had he was so good as a true freshman and as a sophomore and then last year he's just running like crazy and and that's what we saw the other day I mean he's not he doesn't he wasn't supposed to be a running quarterback he was a pocket guy for his first two years in college last year he's running around like a fullback so he breaks out of the pocket has a 22 yard touchdown as a scrambler the other day for Washington. So um, it, it's interesting because I think as a passer, Howell's got to work faster. He's got to work through his progressions a little bit better, but he did make some nice plays, showed some elusiveness in the pocket. But yeah, he looked like he was just a, a little bit slow. Rookie, timing, and uh, a little bit late on some passes in his debut. The last guy, uh, they played Thursday night, so it feels like a long time ago. But I got to ask you about Malik Willis. Yeah, I think you saw all of the Malik Willis experience. This was like early career Josh Allen, right? When you, you'd watch a Josh Allen game his first couple of years, it's like, man, you're going to see an incredible throw. You're going to see him throw the ball to a linebacker. You're going to see him scramble for a first down. You're going to see him overthrow a short pass. I feel like Malik Willis had all of that, right? Some accuracy issues. And then at the other hand, he's just flipping the field with easy velocity. What an incredible arm Malik Willis has. He breaks free on a scramble for a touchdown, makes Kyle Hamilton look silly, the other rookie from the Ravens. So Willis is running around looking like a little thicker Michael Vick running around there as a scrambler. So that was fantastic. And then he gets benched because he didn't throw the ball on an RPO. He just He's supposed to get rid of it. Mike Vrabel says, man, you got to throw the ball on time. I'm thinking process first. I'm going to bench you because you got to learn to throw the ball because Willis you know, wasn't always throwing the ball on time. And even on that play, he still scrambled out and picked up 17 yards. So it was all over the place. I think you saw Willis's athleticism, cannon for an arm. Uh, you saw some really nice accurate passes, but certainly a little rough around the edges as far as timing um, and a few other throws went. All right, last question, Steve, is just 
um, open canvas for you, blank canvas, just some other rookies or young guys that you guys gave really high grade to any position, any player, some, some guys that really jumped out to you week one of the preseason. Yeah, I'll give you a couple. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, number two overall pick from the Lions. I think if you just if you're just scouring Twitter, you're seeing he had a quick tackle for loss against Jake Matthews. I mean, he just Aiden Hutchinson looked the part immediately. Uh, you know, quickness, speed. He had a really good grade for us. The edge defender from the Lions. Uh, the the offensive tackle for the Saints, Trevor Penning, is another guy that really stood out and kind of matched his college profile. With all these reports where he's just a mean dude, Ross. He just he just you know blocks through the whistle through the end of practice that dude's just locking on um and so he's been kicked out of a couple practices for the saints and all this stuff but his run blocking has showed up in the game he is quick backside of zone he's cutting dudes off and just locking them in i mean run block wise trevor penning was fantastic but he's got some questions in pass protection coming out of a small school northern iowa uh, had some pass pro issues in college. We saw that a little bit against the Texans the other night. So he's going to be a fascinating one to watch because he looks like an NFL athlete, an NFL run blocker, but I think pass protection uh, still needs some work. But Penning, I thought, had an awesome debut for the Saints. Make sure you check him out on social media like I do, at PFF underscore Steve. Love getting the preseason football breakdown from the guy that watches it all, sees all the reports. Thank you so much for the time, Steve. That was perfect. Yeah, thanks, Ross. Appreciate it, man. You know what else is perfect? Raycon wireless earbuds. Did the game Friday night in Philly. Drove down to the Jersey Shore. Both Saturday morning and Sunday morning, I went for 110 plus. Over 70 minutes of riding my bike each morning. And both mornings... I had Raycon's everyday earbuds in. Look, feel, sound better than ever. Optimized gel tips. I was listening to like Steve Winwood, Bruce Hornsby. I don't know. It just makes me happy. Seven o'clock in the morning. The sun's rising. I've got my awesome Raycon earbuds in. They have 50,000 five-star reviews. I love the earbud tap functions. Love the noise isolation go to buyraycon.com slash tucker today to get 15 percent off your raycon order that's buyraycon.com slash tucker to score 15 percent off i am a huge fan of this product and we'll use these forever buyraycon.com slash tucker jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Tux Takes. Good morning, Ross. Let's start with, uh, well, let's continue with this conversation of week one, preseason NFL. Any other takeaways that you and Steve did not mention? Well, yeah, I mean, just a couple that jumped out. You know, uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles were very impressive on their first drive, and then Zach Wilson grooved an interception to Kaiser White. Not good by Zach Wilson. 
Eagles are up 14, nothing, you know, felt like five minutes into the game. Uh, in Jacksonville, I like the fact that ETN looked good. Uh, Jerome Ford, backup running back for the Browns, looked good. Steve mentioned it, but Romeo Dubs and Samari Torre, Packers young receivers, stood out to me. Certainly, I felt like Karloftis from the Chiefs was exactly what I thought he'd be. Just hair on fire, flying all over the place. Um, what else? Justin Fields under pressure a lot. Not surprising. They did some good things considering. Antonio Gibson fumbled and was with the second string for Washington. So that's something that Joe Dolan and I will probably be talking about on the Fantasy Feast podcast this week. Very important that you, first of all, go back and listen to the last four episodes on the Fantasy Feast, Joe Dolan's Tears of Dolan, so you know where to draft guys for your fantasy team because Joe is excellent. But also, these next three weeks, we're going to go over what we saw in the preseason games because it matters. It matters a lot. Antonio Gibson being second string is noteworthy. Matt Pryor at left tackle for the Colts is not going to work out. I could have told the Colts that in January, that that's not going to work. I've seen enough Matt Pryor to know that's not going to happen. The young corners for the Bills look good. That's exactly – that's like the one position the Bills really needed some young guys to come through. Elon, even the six-rounder from Villanova, uh, Christian Benford looked good. That's an Emory Hunt college draft special. By the way, today's college draft, we've got Dane Brugler coming on, and he's going to give us a preview for 2022 college football, really 2023 NFL draft. So listen to that. I thought Drew Locke was way better than Geno Smith. I don't care what Pete Carroll says. Uh, speaking of skill guys, Damian Pierce, the Texans running back, he's going to be a dude. He's going to be their guy. So keep that in mind for your fantasy drafts. Joe and I will talk about Damian Pierce. We'll talk about Antonio Gibson. Cowboys, 17 penalties. Sounds very familiar. Cowboys going to Cowboy. That's been the problem with that franchise for a long time. And then Lance McCutcheon from Montana State was making plays for the Rams as well. Ducks takes. He started off that last segment mentioning Zach Wilson. Uh, what you did not talk about was the injury. Thankfully, only a bone bruise, torn meniscus. Uh, prognosis is much better than initially thought. Yeah, Dr. Chow, our guy, Sports Injury Central, uh, com. They thought it was a torn ACL. Now, I don't know that Dr. Chow writes the headlines and says like definitively that it was, but... Based on video, he thought it was a torn ACL. I think I read where he said 19 out of 20 times. That's a torn ACL. So, looks like uh, the Jets dodged a bullet and Chow came out and said he was wrong. He's still batting like 95%, which is really, really good. Especially considering he just does it via video. But that was a big miss for sure. And a big sigh of relief for Jets fans. Ducks takes. Tom Brady taking at least 10 days away from Bucks camp for, quote, personal reasons. Right. And there have been multiple reports saying there's nothing wrong with anybody in his family. And I saw one report saying it's about work-life balance. So listen, I always keep it real with you guys, okay? It sounds like he's going on vacation for 10 days. It sounds like he's just, like, spending time with his family for 10 days. On the one hand, he's Tom Brady. He can do whatever he wants. 
And if that's what he wants to do, and that helps him mentally or whatever, more power to him. On the other hand, I, I think it's hard to argue that Tom's doing everything possible to win a championship this year if you just leave for 10 days in the middle of training camp. I've never even heard of it. So I'm always going to keep it real with you. You guys know I'm a Brady fan for me to teammate with him and just knowing him a little bit. I think it's a little bit weird. I guess if you can do it, go for it. And they said this was decided a long time ago. So we'll see. Maybe they'll go win the Super Bowl and then everybody will be wanting to take 10 days off in the middle of training camp. Takes. Jets signed left tackle Dwayne Brown to a two-year, $22 million deal. You know, no telling how much money that guy would have got if Becton isn't done for the year. It really is unbelievable. He was smart to wait for an injury. Injury happens. Jets need him. A lot of money for a 37-year-old. That's that's the value of waiting. Takes. Last week, we talked about a trade between uh, Houston and the Dolphins for Adam Shaheen. Well, he fails his physical in Houston, so he's going back to Miami. What's weird is I don't think he missed any time last year. I don't think he missed any time in practice. But that's weird because the Dolphins traded him for like a ham sandwich. So they don't really value him that highly. But now he has to go. Now he's back there. Awkward. Hashtag awkward. Takes. James White retires after eight years with the New England Patriots. Strange timing. I need, uh, I need some more clarity on that. Was he going to get cut? Was it an injury? Guys don't usually retire after eight years during training camp like that. Ducks takes. Broncos hire former NFL international COO Damani Leach as team president. That's my guy, Bry. I'll get him on the show. He's been on the show before, remember? Mm -hmm. Talking about growing it internationally. He was a senior, three-time All-Ivy League cornerback at Princeton when I was a freshman and started against Colgate, top 25-ranked Colgate. Damani was like, uh, he's a stud, man. He was in what they called the Woodrow Wilson School of International Relations. It's the only major at Princeton you actually have to apply for, and it's hard to get into. Stud. I think he was 17 years with the NCAA, five years with the NFL. He's been prepping for this. Uh, great hire by the Broncos, and I'm so fired up for him. Takes. And finally, Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins, positive for COVID. He was out this past week. You know, first of all, didn't this happen last year? Didn't he test positive for COVID last training camp too? I almost think on some level it's like a competitive advantage to test positive during training camp because now he's not going to, he's not going to get positive again during the season. He's not going to miss any time during the season. Whereas some other guys might, it's just crazy that that's how that's my first thought is, Oh, that's actually a good thing because then it won't happen during the season. It's wild. It really is. It's almost as wild as how much you guys love this show and how much I love you for loving it and how you're all going to rate and review it right now. Because I would appreciate if you did that. Shout outs. Pizza Boy Brewing, Sporticulture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics, and of course, the greatest gift you can get 
your significant other for a birthday or how about anniversaries coming up? Get them a gift from myfrontpagestory.com. Oh, epic college draft today. Please, Dane Brugler is the best draft analyst out there, along with Emery. Make sure you listen or watch the college draft today. And Steve Fezzik, Even Money Podcast, that's going to be an early post. Not sure when yet, but that'll be up earlier than it is. So make sure you keep an eye on that one as well. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.